Leaving my kit bag in the growing pile of luggage pushed to one side for the London train, I looked at my watch to check the time, then set out. A handsome town, with its bustling markets and its famous cathedral, the one always associated with the tomb of the Black Prince and the martyrdom of Thomas a Becket, Canterbury had much to offer. I could pass a pleasant hour or two exploring, and then call in again at the station for the latest news. If the train was still delayed, I could count on a quiet lunch somewhere nearby, and even browse in the shops, although many of them had very little to offer these days. Before very long, I came across a hidden gem of a garden open to strollers. Half an hour spent enjoying the autumn flowers blooming along a narrow stream was heavenly. There was so little left of beauty in the parts of France I saw every day, only the hardy poppies and a few wildflowers that straggled in any patch of rough ground. I badly needed something else to think about, besides torn bodies and bloody bandages, consoling amputees and long vigils at the sides of dying men. Sitting on one of the benches, I closed my eyes and listened to the bees in the blossoms at my feet. For once, I couldn't hear the guns in France, and I let the front fade away. Over my head, in one of the lovely old trees growing along the stream, a jackdaw began to call, confused by this sudden burst of warm weather here in the autumn. I smiled as I listened to him. Feeling myself again, I set out for the high street shops. Along the way, I passed the army recruiting office where men could enlist. In the early days of the war, August and September 1914 in particular, these had been nearly overwhelmed with volunteers men who were determined to get into the fight before the Kaiser changed his mind and sued for peace. It didn't quite happen that way, and it wasn't long before the government had had to turn to conscription to fill the ranks. The office looked rather forlorn, and through the open door, where a shaft of warm sunlight lit up the posters and the enlistment forms and the polished shoes of the officer seated behind the desk, I could almost catch a feeling of resignation, as if with the war ending, this little room, once a small shop, had lost its usefulness and was just waiting for someone in London to remember it existed and close it down. A sign, perhaps, that the war would end, that no more men would be asked to die for king and country. Strolling with no particular goal in mind, I soon found myself making my way toward the cathedral precincts. This was a lovely place to spend a quiet hour and when I came to the massive Christchurch gate set into the high wall, I stepped through it and walked down to where I had the best view of the west front. For a moment, I simply stood there, looking up at the three ornate towers. It occurred to me how fortunate the French had been not to lose any of their great cathedrals. Damaged, some of them, but they would survive. Far too many of their lovely old village churches had fallen to artillery barrages. The sun was warm on my face, the view splendid, and in spite of the others here in the broad precincts passing me on the walk, I was reluctant to step inside just yet. Someone called my name. Bess? Sister Crawford, is that you? I turned toward the speaker, and he exclaimed, Good Lord, it is! I didn't recognize him at first. He had filled out, his dark hair thick now and well cut. It had been shaved to attend to his head wound, 
although it was the wound in his side that we thought would surely kill him. But it didn't. Although he'd been quite thin and gaunt by the time he'd been stable enough to transport to England. Captain Ashton, I exclaimed, and held out my hand in greeting as he came to meet me. But he grasped the hand and leaned forward to kiss me on the cheek. How well you look! Thanks to you and the good doctors. And it's Major now, he added, touching his insignia. How are you? And what are you doing in Canterbury? I explained about the wounded, and he nodded. It's a good hospital. I spent some weeks there myself, if you remember. Do you have time for a cup of tea? Yes, in fact I do, I said. They've no idea when my train will come in, and I've been passing the morning seeing the sights. Two minutes more and I'd have been inside the cathedral, admiring the stained glass windows. My luck that you hadn't gone inside. Otherwise I'd have missed you.